Hi, welcome to Travels with Alicia. I'm excited to start this new series on New York City. In this first episode, I'm going to cover the most southern area of Lower Manhattan. We'll have a second episode that'll cover the other areas of Lower Manhattan. So in this section, on the west side, we're going to cover under Tribeca, and we'll talk about where the World Trade Center is, Battery Park, the Staten Island Ferry, what's available to do in the Financial District, the South Street Seaport, all the way up to the Brooklyn Bridge. This is the area where trading began in the United States. And so there is a huge amount of history. There's piers, and all these piers have a lot of meaning because they were used for the boats coming in and out, and they still stand to this day. And you'll find that they're kind of entertainment centers. They just kind of expand Manhattan, and people are able to build sports complexes and and entertainment things on them. I'm really excited to talk to you about this area. And what I usually do is start with just a few accommodation tips. The financial district, which is part of this most southern area, is known to have lower prices on hotel rooms on the weekends. The prices of hotel rooms vary wildly in New York City, but the financial district on the weekends can be less expensive. So I'll do a couple call outs. I like fun, trendy hotels, but I'll try to mention a little bit of everything. So Guild Hall has that kind of clubby and trendy feel to it. It's um, leather sofas, kind of wingback chairs, but still has a fun atmosphere. The Beekman, if you want something more luxurious, is a great hotel. It's definitely higher end, and it has a great restaurant, the Augustine, in it. A lot of people are always looking to use their points, so you'll find a lot of good um, chain hotels, such as the W, the Indigo, there's an Andaz. Those are also available if you're trying to use your points. I'm going to do one more call out, and it's called Club Quarters. I think they are in many major cities, and they're pretty much a basic hotel, but they do usually have large rooms. You can get a room with two queen-size beds, which is very difficult in New York City. I think I actually, one weekend, got it under $150 a night. And they also have microwaves and small refrigerators and things like that, which it seems like a basic thing, but you'll be surprised. There's a lot of hotel rooms in New York City that do not have refrigerators or microwaves. So it's just something to remember, club quarters, especially if you're traveling as a family, you might be able to get a larger room and a really great price if you stay on the weekend. Let's start with the Brooklyn Bridge. The Brooklyn Bridge is iconic. I mean, it is something that most people recognize. It's been in lots of movies, Moonstruck, Godzilla, Spider-Man. It opened in 1883, and it was actually the first kind of fixed structure across the East River. And there's a lot of kind of interesting history related to this bridge. They believe up to 200 million was actually stolen in the process of making this bridge. There's so much corruption back then that they think people were siphoning off money, which interesting, but uh, not surprising. This bridge has two levels. They have the car level. The second level is for pedestrians and bikes. It's a wonderful bridge to actually walk across because it's safe. 
People and bikes are on a different level. It's kind of interesting because it's less expensive today to cross it than it was in the 1800s. When they first opened the bridge, they charged. They charged a penny for a person to cross it and like five cents for horse and carriage. But today it's free. So it's one of the fir- one of the only things in New York that's probably cheaper today than it was in the 1800s. So if you have the time, I highly recommend you cross the Brooklyn Bridge. It is a walk. Expect about an hour each direction if you're moving at a leisurely pace. And um, it's a lot of fun, but I will give some tips. Please try to go when it's not like if it's in the summer, don't go in the middle of the day. You really have to do a little planning. Early in the morning's best before the bridge is really crowded. My daughter, who is a runner, she had said, I really want to run over the Brooklyn Bridge. And we were there one morning at like seven in the morning and it was on a weekend It was beautiful. It was a perfect time to do it. But be wary. Um, I actually have crossed it many times. And one time it was like summer, 90 degrees. I think I got 20% into it. And I just totally gave up and turned around because it is a great place for people to stop and take pictures. But when it's that crowded, it it can be frustrating. So I would say definitely do the Brooklyn Bridge, but put a little bit of planning into it. If you can't, You know, it's totally fine. Not everybody needs to cross the Brooklyn Bridge. If you just want to see great views of it, right below the Brooklyn Bridge, we'll talk about now the South Street Seaport. Again, this area is one of the areas that is steeped in history. This is where all the trading in the United States started. And this was back in 1625. So for 300 years, this was the busiest area of trade in the United States. By the early 1920s, this area all closed down. But for hundreds of years, it was extremely active. And this area still feels very historical. The whole South Street Seaport area, that one front is all cobblestone. It has like a Boston feel to it a little bit. There's a Fulton Market that has indoor and outdoor like farmer's market. Of course, it's full of restaurants and shops there now. Specific to this area, you'll start to see the piers. And I think I mentioned it earlier that these piers are where the ships used to come in and get unloaded. And now they've been turned into wonderful entertainment areas. So in this area, there's Pier 15, 16, and 17. Pier 16 is where you can get on the Circle Line cruises if you want to go around the Statue of Liberty. It's about a 50-minute ride, about $30.00. So a lot of fun if you're if you're near Pier 16. Also in this area, if you are interested in maritime history, there's four historic ships that they've restored, and you can buy tickets and you can visit them. Most important and probably the best place in this area to go visit is Pier 17. This pier was completely refurbished after Hurricane Sandy. It is a concert venue. They have restaurants and shopping, the best area to watch the 4th of July fireworks. There's movies always playing, but also it's just a place to walk out on. So if you're on Pier 17, one side you can see Governor's Island and the Statue of Liberty, and on the other side you can see the One World Trade Center and the Empire State Building. And if you're out on Pier 17 and you turn around and look back across the East River, you see the whole skyline of Manhattan and the Brooklyn Bridge. So again, if you don't get a chance to walk over the Brooklyn Bridge, there'll be plenty of places from the South Street Seaport or from Pier 17 that you can take pictures and see great views from there. Another museum down there, the South Street Seaport Museum, which again is a history of trade and the beginning of this area in New York City. So If you're interested in that, make sure you search it out. I'd like to talk about the Wall Street area. 
It's about eight blocks long, and there's many iconic things that you really need to do in this area. I'm going to touch on two important statues for you to find. One is the Charging Bull, and that was given to the city by a sculptor after the crash of the stock exchange in the 80s. He used his own money. He came from Italy, and he became successful in New York, and he used his own money to make this Charging Bull huge, like $350,000 or $60,000, and he had it moved into, I think it was put in front of the stock exchange and it was a gift to the city. Believe it or not, they didn't like it. And it was supposed to represent, you know, the the power and that we'll come back, but they didn't like it. And the people of New York fell in love with it and tourists loved it. So the charging bull got moved to Broadway. It's still in the financial district, but it's not now in front of the stock exchange. And then I told you about the little fearless girl statue it was put in front of the charging bull to say, you know, women are fearless and all this. And then then that sculptor didn't like it. So the charging bull is on Broadway and the fearless girls in front of the stock exchange. But these are great statues. If you're in the area, go find them. Other things to see in this area are Federal Hall. And this is where Alexander Hamilton practiced law. So that's kind of a, a neat historical connection. Also, you'll find close by Trinity Church, and that is the final resting place of Alexander Hamilton, his wife Eliza, and their son Philip. Another church that's in the area is St. Paul's Chapel, and this was built in 1766. George Washington was actually a member of this church. So these are a lot of fun things in the financial district. Another thing to see is Stone Street. This was the first paved cobblestone street in the United States. It was paved in 1658 with the cobblestones, and today it's a wonderful place with restaurants and bars outside. It's a little piece of history and definitely worth visiting. That's the Wall Street area. Again, many things that you can see in this area. If you move a little bit further towards the Hudson River and to the west side, you now get into the area where the One World Trade Center is, which is the tallest building in the U.S., and it actually is in the area of where the Twin Towers were. This is where the 9-11 Memorial is and Museum. This is profoundly moving. You need tickets to the museum, but everyone can come and see the memorial which is at the base of where the Twin Towers were. And it's like a waterfall that kind of goes into the base. So definitely make sure you get to go see that. Another really interesting thing to visit in this area is the Oculus. So what is the Oculus? It's actually a transportation hub. It's where the New Jersey path trains come in and some of the metros come in, but it is the most beautiful sculpture. It was actually meant to look like a bird taking off from a little boy's hand. And so it has this, you know, kind of bird-like look to it. It's absolutely gorgeous. You need to go inside. You need to look up. It was $4 billion to complete this. So it's an architectural wonder and worth going to visit. There's also restaurants and I think shops in there as well. Definitely after you're done, the financial district, walk into this area, and then you'll be right next to Battery Park. So what's there to do in Battery Park? Well, this is where you can catch the boats to go over to Ellis Island or Liberty Island. And so there's the statue cruises that leave from Battery Park every 15 minutes. You can go get a cruise and go out from Battery Park. Ellis Island has this museum dedicated to the sense of the immigrant journey. And so it's very important for a lot of families who have relatives that came over to Ellis Island to go see this and see where they have come through. There's also the Liberty State Park in New Jersey that you can kind of come over from there as well. So why don't we kind of end down at the very, very tip? 
And this is where the Staten Island Ferry is. It's actually called the Whitehall Terminal. And you can take the Staten Island Ferry for free. And you get a great view of the Statue of Liberty. It leaves every 15 minutes. Highly recommend it. So I think I talked about the Circle Line Cruises over there on Pier 16. And while they are wonderful... If you've got a group of people, it can add up to a lot of money. And it's fun just to say you've been on the Staten Island Ferry. So I highly recommend the Whitehall Terminal and trying that as another alternative to seeing the Statue of Liberty. So there's some other museums in this area. You have the Museum of Jewish Heritage and you have the Museum of American Indians. It's actually part of the Smithsonian. So it's 100% free. So there's a lot to do, but if you do have the time and you have interest, make sure you grab tickets to the Jewish Heritage or you go into the American Indian Museum. I guess I want to end on a final note and just touch a little bit on the food in this area. I think the most important restaurant in the very tip of Manhattan is Francis Tavern. It was built in 1762 and it is the oldest restaurant in the city. I don't think I understood the history when I did go there. I went there for a work lunch once. It was actually the headquarter for George Washington. And Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr met there trying to resolve their differences before their infamous duel. There's a piano bar upstairs with live music. I mean, it's wonderful because it looks like it's kind of colonial American, a little bit of, you know, Irish pub food all rolled into one. I remember the food was really good. And that would be a place worthy to go to visit. It's on Pearl Street, 54 Pearl Street, Francis Tavern. I have another call out. It's called the Dead Rabbit. And the Dead Rabbit is a fantastic cocktail bar. I think it was rated one of the best in the world a couple years ago. And it looks like a old townhouse, and it's an Irish pub, but the level of cocktails that they are making in there and the level of whiskeys and different um, things that they carry from all over the world is unbelievable. So I've been there a couple times. I've taken people there. They never disappoint. They also have a speakeasy upstairs, and I did get into it once. It was wonderful. It was like a cartoon book of the dead rabbit and each chapter, which there were five chapters, you got a different drink. So kind of really fun. Look it up if you're there. It's definitely an adult only thing, but it's worthy of getting there. Another thing I want to mention is steakhouses in the area. Mark Joseph, that's a call out, but there's a lot of steakhouses and the U.S. is known for great steakhouses. And so for international travelers, I have friends that are always asking about that. And I think The financial district is a good place to get steak. And, you know, there's a lot of business meals. So a lot of the high-end steakhouses are in this area. On the opposite end, for those of us who are on a budget, there's also great cheap eats in the financial district. There's one I'll call out. It's called Zion Famous Foods. And it is on 8 Liberty Place. And it's just noodles and dumplings. And it's a favorite of so many people. They have a few seats, but not enough for people. So if you go there, expect to grab your food and go go sit in the park or find a nice place and relax. But it's a great cheap eat. And that restaurant actually has many locations around the city. And it's definitely a New York favor. So I hope you've enjoyed this summary of what's to do in the very tip of Manhattan. It's a place, honestly, you could spend two days. You know, New York is so big. And I know a lot of people don't have a lot of time when they come. But two nights in this area would give you plenty of time to see all the things. And you could probably, you know, again, do 
a few things out of this little teeny tip of Manhattan. But there's enough to do to keep you busy. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for the next episode on Lower Manhattan.